As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Very spooky. Are we normally supposed to clap? We, we forgot didn't. to clap. <laughs> Ugh, whatever. Sorry. Now it's too there late. There we go. I did one. Just prayer. Too hands. late. <laughs> Hello. This is Two Girls, One Two Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And I have a tickle in my nose. One second. Do I need to sneeze? You remind me of little... Bewitched. Bewitched. Um, I think it's passed. The nose scrunch, scrunch. I think the sneeze has passed. Okay. But we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne <gasps> and I am Sabrina. Hi. And <laughs> something horrific happened to me yesterday. <laughs> oh my gosh. I almost forgot. Sabrina, how are you doing? <laughs> I got trapped in an yeah. elevator. On a penthouse floor of like a 14-floor building and was fully alone and stuck in an elevator to the point where firefighters had to come and rescue me. I cannot believe that happened. Was anyone else in the elevator? No, I was alone. I was alone. And I I immediately (laughs) called Nick. Well, okay. First, I'll talk you through it. So because I called Corinne during the crisis, of course, and um, tried to talk to her about it but um actually you you called me back when i was rescued you heard the rescue mission i yeah i missed your call by only like five minutes and when i called you back yeah you were like i'm in an elevator and you started cracking (laughs) up and i was like this feels kind of (laughs) serious and then i heard voices on the other end and you're like oh oh and then they got closer and then i could hear like the thing opening opening, and you were like oh i'm out never mind (laughs) and you're like bye Okay, fine. Yeah, I kind of, I would think I was flustered. So, okay. So I was leaving the building and got into an elevator, which also like I got into an elevator that two girls had just stepped off of. So like I was, they came off, I came in. So like it had just worked. I pressed the ground floor and it makes this weird noise and it like kind of felt like it moved, but then it stopped moving. And then all of a sudden it was like, elevator in service and i was like i'm in here it's not in service that i'm like trying to press all the buttons no buttons are working and i'm kind of like yes i was laughing because i was like i don't know this doesn't this this doesn't happen and i'm in shock that it is happening it's fine it will start up again in a minute i'm pressing all the buttons nothing is working so i call the help button and this woman answers and is like, I am going to talk to the building. Please try to hold X, Y, Z buttons down for 10 seconds and see if the door is open. Nothing worked. 
And which is scary because she's telling you basically to like try to reset the elevator. What if it was just like, yeah, like back to the first floor? Yeah. And so, I mean, I was trying to stay calm, but deep down in my mind, I was like, I've been on the ride Tower of Terror. I know how this works. (laughs) And also, if if anyone's watched Russian Doll, there's one episode where they die in an elevator when it like goes crashing down. So not a good time to have seen that. No, no, no. So, um. Yeah, so I'm stuck in there. I'm texting. I call Nick. I'm texting people. Basically, the building is like I'm waiting for the building people to come. I hear a voice on the other side. It's one of those elevators that has doors on both sides. And I hear a voice on the other side that I didn't come in from. And I was like, I'm in here. And I tried calling Corinne because, (laughs) Corinne, you and I just talked about getting stuck in an elevator. We did. And you also just said if there was an emergency, you were going to call me. Yes. And I missed your call by like five minutes because I was getting ready <laughs> for, bed. for bed. And then I go and I'm like, oh, my God. I literally <laughs> have texts of you like in full caps being like, Corinne, I am living <laughs> your nightmare. I am stuck in an elevator. And I have a missed call. I'm like, oh, immediately calling you back. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I was fully stuck for like 20 minutes. I'm pretty proud of myself. That I stayed calm. And it's funny because Nick's first question to me was, did you, do you need to pee? Have you peed already? And I, and I was like, wow, you I and Grant are on that. the same page about this. Um, I did not have to pee. Well, because otherwise you have to pee yourself on the elevator. And then that's even more embarrassing. <laughs> and there's always like, there's cameras. There was a camera. And, I mean, I know that it, there's a larger emergency aside from you just publicly urinating. I know. I, which yes. is faced with you don't like you're it's, it's so death. funny because obviously it wasn't my fault that I got stuck in an elevator but there's this embarrassment of oh someone has to come rescue you so on if you peed yourself on top of that I feel like it would just be double embarrassment right oh <laughs> I know or like the people that have to like nervous poop what do you do <laughs> Jeez, Sabrina I am so glad I'm glad that I got to audibly witness you being, I was rescued, being rescued in that moment yeah because I was nervous that I was going to have to, like, be left not knowing what happened oh, to you. Oh, because it was late for you. Yeah. I thought you were, like, yeah, making your calls and then it might be another hour yeah. or something. And I was just going to be, like, up waiting for you to be, like, <laughs> Is she removed okay? from the elevator. <laughs> yeah. It's scary. You should have, like, live streamed I know. It. I was thinking that it, this, it would have been great content. But um, I also was, like, yeah. I mean, there was a million other thoughts in my head. So I didn't. I took a, I took a selfie and I was, like, stuck in an elevator. Good. Oh my god! But yeah, like that. <laughs> what did the what happened after? So like, were you at all? Were you completely still on that level? Like so you just stepped weirdly, out easily, or did it go down a little bit and you had to like weirdly? I had to step out? down. So weirdly, oh. it like went up a little bit. So I, which is weird because I was on the top floor. So it was trying to get you even higher, which is so scary. Yeah. Oh, Sabrina, <laughs> Jesus! I was like, what have I done to deserve this? You. You are invisible. Even the elevator doesn't detect a human presence. (laughs) It's like, what? I still can't believe it. I think I was like in such disbelief when it was happening that I was truly just laughing. I know. And I still am. I feel like I have that perspective because I'm just like, this is it. it, I, I wonder like the percentage of people who get stuck in elevators and how often it happens. Right. I know. I remember there's actually someone that we went to college with that got stuck in an elevator twice on our college campus. I don't recommend which it is to like, anyone. Yeah. There, it's you're only stuck like two or three floors up. Yeah. But 14 floors. I thought you were going to say – when you told me where you were, I was like, oh, because I was picturing this place as having like, I don't know, five floors max. And I was like, okay, she'll be okay. And then you're like, I'm on the 14th floor. I was like, oh, my God. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a penthouse. Yep. Yep. Jeez. What did the what did the firefighters say? Were they just like, have a good night? I, I really I think I kind of blacked out because I was just so relieved that I was out. And but then also I kind of feel like they were like, come on, it wasn't that hard to get out. Cause I didn't try to pry open the doors. Why would you? Because I was nervous. That- Why would you tamper with an already yeah. faulty elevator? Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I was like, thanks for saving me. See ya. Yeah. I mean, I would be scared. I wouldn't pry it open because what are you supposed to do? You pry it open and then you are you leap out. What if it drops in that moment? I know. But I think I now looking back, okay, if, I, if it ever happens again, I will try prying open the doors because I tried everything else. I'm just glad I didn't like That's freak so out really and scary. cry and have like, I'm glad it was me and not like there's a, a wider range of our friends that I feel like if it happened to them, it would have been a very, very horrible experience. Yeah. If we would have been here in yeah. 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, like no big deal oh god ah, i got caught in an elevator but you know what jeez i so live to tell the those tale those buttons do work i've always wondered when it says like yeah. call for help i've accidentally pressed it i think yeah. once or twice and nothing's happened they work like, in various elevators and so part of me thought that maybe some of them didn't work well maybe but i mean the only annoying thing is that it calls to someone who's not even in the building. So then they have to call someone Mm. in the building. So if it really was an emergency, like I don't think they really help or can help. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, because <laughs> everybody's kind of playing like a version of phone tag where yeah. hopefully someone in the building picks up like, and then they have to let in yeah. the fire department. But still, geez, Sabrina. Yeah. Well, you, okay, will you be really careful? Because now I'm starting to think, remember how everybody says like things happen in Stop threes, it. And you've had two really scary <laughs> experiences. You got stuck in an elevator and then someone on the street wrapped themselves around you and tried to kidnap you. <laughs> Why did you have to say that? I think I just freaked. I'm so sorry. <laughs> just be really careful. I'm just staying inside for the foreseeable future. You've survived every every. It's not like yeah. Then the third one, I'm not going to survive. Where, I think is what what I'm being told. No. Yes, you will. It's not like it's escalated. Like they were both. They were both things that happened that were really scary to experience, but no <sighs> physical harm was done. And I'm so like nervous. Like so we have that tarot gonna, card. We have Michelle T coming on to Campfire Stories, and I'm nervous mm-hmm. to get my cards read because what if it's what if bad omens come out? No, I'm sure it won't. I mean, we can tell her. We can say you've had two scary experiences. Yeah, I need I need something some good to happen in or my some life. Some advice on on how to survive the next. One. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you know what? I survived to tell the tale, and now I've survived yes. to tell all of your tales. This is an encounters episode, and um, Corinne, I feel like I've been talking a lot. So, do you want to start? Sure. I'm sick it's of my voice. So we are going to be No, but you were telling such good Thank stories. <laughs> Dramatic stories. Real life I survived. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't How rude am I that I got on a call with you and didn't ask how you were today? <laughs> I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> well, no, it was good because then we saved it so we can talk about it on here. Yeah. I think I kind of forgot about it because I only had really mm-hmm. 90 seconds of panic total. Yeah. But you were there for the best because part. as soon as I saw it, I called you and then you got rescued. <laughs> <laughs> you stepped down and you're like, I'm out. And then you're just cracking up and I hear like a bunch of people around you trying to talk. And you're like, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. So funny. <laughs> Okay, well, I have something to start us off with. This is from Honeybee. Cool. It is called Shadow Creep. Oh. Love a shadow figure. Okay. Do you? 
Hey ghoulies, my name is Honeybee, they, them, and I have been dealing with the paranormal for a long time. I've always been more sensitive than others and have at times communicated with spirits. I have stories of a little boy in old style clothing that was always hiding out in the garage and the times that we went ghost hunting, but I want to talk about the time when my sister was haunted. Sounds like a familial haunting if Honeybee and their sister both experienced a lot. I was in seventh grade at the time, and me, my sister, and my brother lived on the second floor of our house. I ended up having my door taken off my room because I'd close my door and not do homework. Oh, <laughs> well. I thought it was going to be some, like, yeah. really scary thing. Wait, just that's so accountability. Funny. I feel like that was always threatened in my uh, upbringing, but never actually happened. Now that we know someone yeah. who it actually happened to. <laughs> okay, I had my, my door because she didn't do her homework but my older sister always woke up earlier than me to get ready for high school and my room is across the hall from the bathroom so when it came time for me to wake up she'd open the bathroom door and stand in my doorway i had a lot of anger issues and would try to fight my siblings when they woke me up (laughs) so they kept their distance and would tell me to get up my room was pretty small And I was a light sleeper, so I would sometimes wake up to her standing in the doorway. Anyways, I was sleeping in my bed, and I felt who I thought was my sister at the time standing in my doorway. I peeked down at my door, and I see the silhouette of a person, again, assuming it's my sister. I sit up in bed, saying, I'm up, I'm up, and the figure then turns and walks towards my sister's room. Then the bathroom door opens and my sister walks out of the bathroom. Mm -mm. I wrote it off back then as my sleepy brain just bleeding into reality. But years later, thinking back, that figure wasn't really the same height as my sister. It was all backwards. I didn't feel the eyes of the figure on me. I just felt it staring at the bathroom door. Later on in the same house, we ended up having to cleanse the house, and my sister had an exorcism to get rid of a demonic attachment. What? Which I didn't get to witness, but I can ask my family if you're interested. Uh, yes. Yes. Very. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, your family and your sister, what? honeybee. We, we need to hear yeah. this. I've only just recently found your podcast, and I'm excited to listen to more. Keep up the great work. See you on the other side, honeybee. Honeybee. I I mean, to go from just seeing a shadow figure that you thought was your sister to then all of a sudden your sister's having an exorcism because of a demonic entity attached to her, like this thing was clearly following her around. Or I wonder if this happened – like, okay – what if the time that Honeybee saw the shadow figure was before it had decided to attach itself to their sister? Mm. And it was like it was like checking everyone oh. out. It was deciding. Right. But clearly already had somewhat of a fixation yeah. on Honeybee's sister because they went to the They were sitting up in bed looking at it, glancing at this thing really quickly, and the thing was turned around. Like the thing was not looking at Honeybee. It was staring at the bathroom door, yeah. which is where Honeybee's sister And was. went and turned and walked back to Honeybee's sister's room. Oh, dang. I just – Oh, my gosh. Honeybee. I'm glad <laughs> – Let us know how your sister yeah. is. <laughs> it's also – I'm so curious, like, <laughs> where do people pick up demonic entities? I don't know. I don't know. It do- It is – it is interesting because I feel like there's so many possibilities, yeah. right? Like you go to a haunted place and then something comes home with you or you you buy something at Goodwill and yeah. then there's an attachment. But I also feel like there's – we've talked about it before, like puberty and certain periods of people's lives where there's like a lot of instability and emotion yeah. and just feeling lack of control over what's happening to you and and who you are could attract things. So it might just be like that there's this big open vortex – Above every 12-year-old's house. Oh, so sad. 
As if it's not bad enough. Just like a, I mean, it's like a hormone monster, but like a potential demon waiting, lurking, hanging out. Yeah. And then they just pick their victims. And then unfortunately for Honeybee's sister, it was, it was her. Jeez. I'm starting to realize, uh, I mean, maybe not, but like based on Honeybee's story and the, the fact that my sister had possibly a demonic entity trying to steal her body and little baby soul. But I think it's more common than we think that like demonic entities are like infiltrating families. Yeah, I think so too, because I think also the other thing is you and I, Sabrina, are in a community and a part of people and families who believe in spirits. Yeah. And so I think we've are always sort of like assigned what was happening or quickly realized that what is happening around us is due to paranormal activity. But I'm sure there's a ton of people who write it off as just some other weirdness That's or true. phase or something. Like it probably happens undetected often. Yeah. Which is okay. I it either can go either way. It there's two parts. Like, could it make matters worse because you're not fighting off a dark entity? Or is it actually better because you're not acknowledging it and giving it the power that it wants? And so it's like, I need to move on. Mm, I don't know. I guess it depends on how the person that's being targeted is responding, right? Yeah. Because if they're feeling isolated and alone and they're very, like, scared and giving notice to it, yeah, then that's probably the best conditions ever for a demon. One person being isolated and ostracized, basically, from their right. family. Right. And the rest of the family ignoring it. See – Again, I just want an interview with a demon. Just one. Just one little interview. Inter- it's got some questions. That's your memoir. My interview <laughs> with the demon. My first book <laughs> coming out uh, in 666 years. Oh, a few more lifetimes. Yeah, a few more. Yeah, I'll get there. Okay. I'm into it. I think that's a good title. Thank you. Okay, what do you have? Okay, I have one for you. Okay. Called Ghostly Mac and Cheese Prankster from our listener, Kristen. Ooh. Hey, girls. My name is Kristen. I've been listening to your pod since you started, but I had a ton of stuff happen in 2019 and took a break from it and a lot of other things that I love. But now it's 2021 and I'm finally getting back to myself. And with that, I'm getting back into the things I used to love, TGOG being one of those. So it's not much of a surprise that now that I'm catching up, paranormal things are beginning to happen because TGOG is the most haunted podcast after all. It is. Mm -hmm. Be warned. If any of you are new watching this or listening to this, be warned. To preface this story, I will tell you that today is October 24th. It would have been my grandpa's 98th birthday, but he passed away in 2003 when I was in middle school. We were super close. He was one of my favorite people, and we spent a lot of my childhood together. Tomorrow is October 25th, which is my birthday. My grandpa took great joy in teasing my childish self about how his birthday was before mine. It was a running joke and still is. My grandma called me last night and ended the conversation with, you know what tomorrow is, don't you? He used to tease you about his birthday being before yours. I am now an adult with three children of my own, and so much time has passed, but I never forget to think about him on this day, and I like to think he is celebrating somewhere. Now, for the experience that just happened, I literally sat down and started typing this email the second I put two and two together, so bear with me while I try to make sense of this in words. I was making baked mac and cheese, shout out to Corinne, 
And as I was sprinkling the last bit of cheese on top of the dish, literally as the last bit left my fingers, shredded cheese shot out of the bag that I was holding in my other arm, landing on top of the noodles and surrounding the countertop. I looked at the bag in my hand thinking I had somehow tipped it, though it was not a spill. It was a shot straight up in the air before falling on the food. But no, the bag was straight up and down, cradled tightly in my forearm and wrist. I wasn't uneasy or freaked out in the slightest, just sort of confused. I pondered it for a bit, trying to rationalize how this could have happened, but the bag 1000% did not move. Within minutes, I remembered what today is and how my grandpa was always such a jokester on this day. I am fully convinced (laughs) that it was his way of getting my attention and making me laugh like he always did. So I wished him a happy birthday and acknowledged that as usual, he wins in the birthday race. I don't know if you will read this, but maybe someday you will do an encounters episode over mac and cheese or spirits being helpful in the kitchen. Either way, I thought you might get a laugh out of this and maybe it will help break up some of the more scary encounters. Thank you for reading and for keeping me entertained and scared on my two hour commute to work. See you on the other side, Kristen. Kristen, oh my god, so I sweet. love this. I'm just imagining it's so his sweet. ghostly hand reaching in and pulling it out and sprinkling it, just t- tossing just it, like a, just like a little gentle. It toss. needs some extra cheese on that's top. So yeah, oh my god, I love I it. Know. It's so. I mean, it's one of those things that's like the actual haunting itself, the paranormal experience mm-hmm. is innocent. Like it's benign. It's not. It's not that scary. Which is. Props to him for choosing something that isn't. But in the moment, it is. Because it's you're startling. Like, How the hell did my cheese bag <laughs> just, like, cheese just levitate out of my bag? But the fact that it, like, some of it made it onto the dish, too. It's not just like he was like, bah, and threw it over his shoulder. The fact that he's yeah. just like, oh, I'll just try to, you know, put a little on, on the yeah. mac and cheese dish. Extra cheese for That's everyone. so cute. Yeah. Extra cheese. Oh, I love that. And I also love that it wow, was Wow, I never birthday. thought it was possible. What? Having like a cook ghost. <gasps> what if we made like a ratatouille, but it's ghost. A sous chef. Like it's a ghost yes. ratatouille. A mac and cheese haunting. I would happily I accept macaroni and cheese from a ghost right now. Right. It's kind of like our last encounters where mm. like a someone in like an astral plane was delivering coffee. Like deliver mac and cheese to me, spiritual plane. Sabrina, you make really good baked Thank mac you. and cheese. I do. It's my mom's recipe. I know. Is it? Oh, you've made it for me a few times for my birthday and like various things when I was living in LA. And it is it's really, really good. good. And so now if I die before you, I'm going to do what her grandfather did to her. <laughs> and I'm going to visit you on your birthday or my birthday because yes. you'll make mac and cheese on, on my birthday. birthday in honor of yeah. me. Uh-huh. And I will sprinkle some around your okay. dish. Well, I'll write cryptic messages in the little like, <laughs> the cheese. cheese shreds. I'll piece them all together. I'll write out. It's like the the chicken noodle soup, the like alphabet yeah, soup. Yeah, but with cheese. But I'm going to write in cheese. You're going to be a powerful spirit. I know. Yeah, you are. That's the plan. <laughs> I hope it's not anytime soon. Well. But <gasps> Also, we've decided we're dying together on Area 51 holding hands. So, I, Right. Yeah. We'll just need to ask another spirit to do exactly. this for us. Create mac and cheese for us. Yeah. I'm good. I'm gonna make sure I take the stairs and not the elevator like you. <laughs> and we'll live a long time. And never get in the <laughs> elevator again. Oh my gosh. <sighs> oh, no. Hey, it's us. Howdy. What's up? We're here. We're here to talk about us. <laughs> yes. And it's something that involves you. So it's exciting. And <laughs> let me tell you. 
If you're not already a Patreon donor, <laughs> all the lead up. Let me tell you. If you're not already a Patreon donor, you are missing out because Corinne and I have revamped it and it's super exciting and we're doing live streams. We're uploading bonus content. We're now doing ad-free episodes on there for you to listen to. There's so many exciting things. There's like secret Discord, private channels you can be a part of. Yeah. And we're going to go live again. Uh, well, we're going to go live every single month for people that are in our Only Phantoms tiers and up. And the next one is June 19th. So join us then. Join we're going to play games. All together on Patreon. There's lots of fun perks regardless of what tier you're in. Yeah. And we'll like let you in on secrets on Patreon. Like there are a lot of things that Crit and I are planning and we're going to let our Patreon donors know about them first. Yeah. See ya. All right. What do you have? Okie dokie. I have one. This is from Leah, I, I believe is how you I say it. I was like, it. are you asking me? Hey, lady. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. And Well, because now Leah's in my, oh, in my mind. Yes. Leah, Leah. I think this is Leah. Okay. okay. Hey, ladies. This is a story about reincarnation and shared dreams. Caution. This story does discuss events that may be linked to the Holocaust. Oh. When I was about 19, I had a very vivid dream. In this dream, it started with me following a man in a uniform, and we were walking in such a desolate, flat, brown place, and the sun was setting. I was bundled up in a large fur coat, and the man was walking fast before me, talking excitedly, waving his hands. We walked up the stairs to a catwalk and overlooked a courtyard. I looked down into the courtyard, and I saw children, and they stopped, and they looked up at us. I looked at the man and said, you told me there were no children here. Oh, no. oh. As he continued walking. He stopped. He turned around and asked what I said. And I repeated again, this time angry. You said there were no children here. He wrapped his arms around my waist. He told me it was a mistake and that he assured me that the issue would be resolved. We then walked off the catwalk together. It was such a short but vivid dream. I woke the next morning and told my mom about the dream. I always share dreams with her, even to this day. A few days went by and I didn't really think of it again until I got a text from a recent friend that I made in college and we'd become very close very quickly. She texted me out of the blue and told me that she had a dream about me a few days prior. Oh my prior. gosh, I have chills. I don't she know told where me, this is going. I wish, like, can you <sighs> see? I don't know if you can, but I have full. I know. It's so, it's, yeah, it's so strange. She told me that she was in a yard where there was commotion and she was listening to people around her talking about the woman who was visiting. She said that she looked up to see a woman and a man that she was with. People knew who this woman was and were asking why she was here and why she was with him. That man had a reputation in the area for his cruelty. She said that the woman pointed down to them and talked to the man, but was then ushered off by the man. Her dream then skips to her being in this elaborate house where she's hearing someone singing. She follows that noise and finds the same woman that she saw earlier with the man, but this time she's sitting on the staircase, singing beautifully and sitting as if she were waiting for someone to come to her door. I never mentioned anything about my dream to her until after she'd shared hers oh my with gosh. me. I'd only told my mom. That concludes the shared dream. I showed my mom her messages with all of the details and reminded her about my dream, and she looked pensive but was always very supportive when things like this happened throughout my life and was always just referring to me as an interesting kid. <laughs> throughout, 
Throughout my life, I've revisited places similar to this one multiple times in my dreams. I've had many other encounters that indicate reincarnation from that era, starting from very early in my childhood, but I wanted to share this specific event. Thank you both for providing a platform and safe space for this kind of information to be shared without scrutiny. Keep up the great work, Leah. Wow. I'm, I really, Leah, I really am curious if you've ever done like a past life regression because this, it it seems very clear to me that Leah and this friend from school, like that they have crossed paths in lives before and that like they're, they're traveling souls. Which makes sense as to why she was like, yeah, we were just instant friends, you know, like it happened very quickly. They became close very quickly. But I wonder if you can get more information about this woman and who you were in a past life. Well, yeah, it makes me – I mean, we didn't really get much of an explanation as to when Leah said that this story discusses events that might be linked to the Holocaust. But that made me think of the movie or the book, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch Ugh, that? Yeah. Where it's just like there are women with families and children who were married to the people that were forced to or actively chose to participate in the horrors of the Holocaust. Yeah. And so that's what I that's what I was kind of thinking of. Like this woman just like doesn't want to be reminded of it, doesn't want to like see kids or think of the things that could happen to people around her. Especially because this guy that she was with, according to her friend, and her friend's past life memory is someone who is prone to cruelty. Yeah. Someone who already was thought of as like a scary, dark person. Jeez. Ugh. It's so horrific, but I do, I'm like, I just want to know more. And I feel like that's like, yeah, that's the weird draw with the paranormal, I guess, in general of it feels incomplete. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's interesting too, because I feel like when we talk about dreams, we've discussed before when people have the same dream, where it's like people who are being haunted by a demon, them and their siblings might have the same exact dream of this thing like creeping towards them in their beds. But it's really fascinating to hear about a dream that's clearly an experience or memory from past life, but with two very different perspectives. It's not like two people are in a group next to each other witnessing the same thing. It is someone up on a terrace having a conversation and someone down below witnessing other conversations, observing the person's conversation up on the terrace. I'm also curious because I'm curious what Leah's friend saw themselves as. Like, were they one of the kids? Were they another officer? Mm. Because the second dream that the, Leah's friend had was of seeing Leah in a, like her past life, that woman singing in a house. So it feels like they right. had some other relationship beyond just like the first experience of seeing each other. Yeah, Right. I want them both to go get I know. Us, like, I want together. to come with I them. I wonder, like, <laughs> we should go with them. Ex- yes. yes, we should. But it does make me wonder, too, for people that are traveling souls, what sort of thing would open up or, like, how intense yeah. the energy would be if they both crack into a past life at the same time, like, next to each other. Like, I'm almost thinking of, like, the world exploding around <laughs> them. And it's just like, oh, my God. All the memories come flooding, come flooding back. back. It's a cheat sheet. Oh, I just yeah. want to see their memories. All of them. I know. I want to live in a Black Mirror episode well, just so I can see cool things like that. I know. Maybe one day you and I will have a reading together and we'll figure out how we knew each other uh, before. I feel like there's no way we didn't know each other in a past life. Oh. That would be kind of no way. wild to spend this much time together and this long of like friendship together yeah. without having been connected. And our fascination, like our friendship, I mean, obviously we have other things beyond this that we connect on, but the fact that the biggest thing and core of our relationship is talking about the paranormal and past lives and ghosts and this 
spiritual realm. Like it feels like there's got to be something deeper. Yeah. There's some secret that we're meant to unlock, I'm convinced. Oh, we should do it. There's a mystery. We should do a past life reading together. I thought you were about to say a seance. <laughs> I got a little scared. I was like, no. Karen, no. But yes. I couldn't yeah, do that. I'm down. Nick would kick me it. out, I we think, if I did Michelle that. If you did, oh, if you did a seance. He'd be like, you're out. Get out. <laughs> that's, a, that's the deal breaker. Well, I'm kind of in agreement. I'm I'm inching my way towards being a little bit more open to communication, but like but seance, not a seance. scare the shit yeah, out of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. No. We should ask Michelle later, though, how to go about like finding reputable people and how to That's a good idea. Kind of, like feel out the vibes when you're trying to find a tarot reading or yeah. past life reading or That's something like that. That's a good like idea. That. We'll ask her. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for that. So fun. Me too. Okay. I have a story. It's not a ghost story at all, but I just oh. wanted to read it. It's um it's uh it's called Encounters 23 and Me Family Scandal and it's from our listener Krista and if anyone has watched Our Father <laughs> I this was uh I mean it's not as wild as that but it's interesting and I was just thinking like I I love I feel like you and I have talked about how much we love just like family drama or just drama in general and wild stories. They don't have to be paranormal. And so I'm reading this one to inspire everyone else out there who has stories, have stories like this to share them with us. Yes. Well, it's like the the podcast you recommended to me. I'm going to butcher the name, but something was wrong. Something was wrong. Yeah. Right. Like that's the whole premise of it. It's like these like why the wildest yeah. stories you can imagine someone going through where you're like, that seems fake. Like a fake, a fake family, a, a fake relationship, catfishing, real. all of the stuff. Yeah. But it's real. It's fascinating. Okay. So hello, lovely ladies. I love the pod. It keeps me entertained during my hour-long commute to work. I'm still a bit behind, but I'm listening from the beginning and slowly catching up. Anyway, here is the story of how I did 23andMe and uncovered a family secret. I got my results while I was working, and I decided to show my coworkers since they were curious, and I couldn't wait to read the email. After looking through my ancestry, I clicked on a button to see my relatives. And one said, Elizabeth, and I'm not going to read the last name because feels privacy. One said Elizabeth B, 25% DNA shared. It suggested she might either be my sister or my grandmother. I immediately called my dad and asked him about it. He was kind of short over the phone and said he would call me back. The next day, I was on campus studying for a test and my phone rang. It was my dad. He explained to me that Elizabeth was in fact my half sister. My dad was friends with her mom and I guess they hooked up the night before her wedding because my dad's a hoe. (gasps) They've Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> They've stayed I'm trying to piece together a timeline of like when she was born, when he when her mom and him got together, like what the husband of that woman was told. There's more. They've stayed friends over the years, and when he met Elizabeth the first time, my grandpa commented to my dad, She sure looks a lot like you, but my dad shrugged it off. I had to hang up the phone with my dad and run to class for my test. The whole test, I kept thinking, I have a sister. I reached out to Elizabeth. How could you even take a test know, at how that can you point? focus? My mind would, no. Yeah. 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 Chaos. Yes. I reached out to Elizabeth and introduced myself when we started emailing back and forth. She's an only child and went on 23andMe because her, in quotes, dad, was a truck driver and she thought she might have other siblings from him. Instead, she found out that he wasn't her real dad, and now she has three siblings. 
She went to Arkansas to meet the family for my dad's 60th birthday. My brother and sister were a little indifferent towards her, but I'm just excited and happy that I have another sibling. We still stay in contact to this day. My dad ended up doing 23andMe as well, and we joked that maybe we would find another sibling, but we didn't. At least not yet. <laughs> I can't believe he did it after that. It was just like, yeah, sure. Like, one secret's out, may as well crack open the rest. Uh. But that is the story of me wanting to know my ancestry and ended up with me uncovering a family secret and a secret sister. Thank you so much for reading this and tell hot dog she's a good girl. Is that Leia? Is Leia my hot dog? Who's hot dog? (laughs) Maybe because she's big big and long like a hot dog. (laughs) I love the pod. It gets me through my one hour commute to work. Keep up the good work. Krista. Interesting. Okay. I'm very curious as to – I mean, obviously – her dad is at least knows or pieced it together after being called and and told about the 23 me but i wonder if he had his suspicions or I mean, if they just always knew that it was their child together yeah i'm curious i guess it seemed like he wasn't terribly surprised by it so right because if it was the day before her wedding let's presume that she had post nuptial relations with her new husband that's like a Less than 24-hour period, most likely. Yeah, yeah. And so it would be easy, I guess, if she hadn't – if the child didn't look so much like him to basically, like, get a, get away with. Yeah, I guess she wouldn't necessarily passing know. Passing that off. Yeah. I also love, like, yeah. <laughs> for all sides of this story, Elizabeth and from Krista's, they both had this feeling that their dads were hoes. Like, <laughs> Krista was like – my dad's a hoe. And then Elizabeth was like, I want to do this because my dad was a truck driver. And I think I might have other siblings out there because my dad, who knows what yeah. he was doing. And then and they found, they each, found other. each other. <laughs> so funny. Oh, I haven't turned on my relative thing. Oh, you haven't? Kinda, no. I have. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I mean. Did you find anyone? I mean, I don't have any secret siblings, if that's what you're asking, that I know of, not yet. But um, my dad, my dad's like told me about the secret distant, siblings. Distant relatives. Yeah. A lot of distant relatives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were told about them. <laughs> when they were born. But months. yes, I was told about them. <laughs> he waited a oh while. Oh my God. I haven't. Yeah. I've had, there have been like, not, well, there was like one secret child. Basically, I had like a secret cousin. I'm just remembering. You had a this. secret cousin? I had like long lost cousin. Oh. Yeah. And then I met him when I was like, I don't know, 14 or something. He came back around, found found the family. How'd you find I don't really how, remember what happened how, after that. How did, how was he a secret? My words, brain. I think it was, I think it was, and I'm going to butcher this, but I'm pretty sure it was like an uncle of mine had like a one night stand long time ago, hmm. or like it was an ex and he just had no, no idea, was never told. Interesting. That he had a child. Hmm. Yeah. 23 and me, it does wonders. Does. I gave it to another relative of mine to help her, or I had, yeah, to help her basically like figure out who her dad oh. was. It was a mystery Ooh. her whole life. So she had suspicions, but didn't know. It really does help you. Like it yeah. pieces people together. People find family members. They they close the gaps that, yeah. that were like the big it's mysteries all, of their lives. It helps us find murderers. Like it's it's great. It does. Yeah. And then unfortunately, it does rip some other people apart. Yes. Yeah. There's some things that they were not prepared yeah. for. Yeah. I know, like I feel bad for Elizabeth to to live your whole life thinking one man yeah. is your dad, and then to find out that's not true is I'm sure like makes you question your identity quite a bit. Right. Like that documentary, I, know, I, uh, that is the, I think we talked about this, but the Our Father documentary is so mm-hmm. messed up, like so traumatizing for these people. That was the doctor who used his used own, his own yep. 
sperm yep. Yep. and inseminated okay. people without their like consent. Well, they wanted to be pregnant. That's basically another but, story we've heard. Yeah. Too from yeah. yeah. Gosh. Around town, Around there's town. yeah. You talk enough to relatives and friends, and you get to hear real life yeah. versions of these stories. Yeah, and thank you for for sending this in to our our listeners too, because these are we like to hear them. I mean, it's a paranormal podcast, but it, more than that, it's a mystery podcast. Yes, and this was a mystery, a big one, a big one. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, this is called Wedding Season Nightmare. Hmm. Corinne, do you and really want to read this? It, yeah, you know what's interesting is this was I, – I had already put this in my, like, want to read mm-hmm. folder long, long ago. So plus you've already planned your whole wedding. You're good. The thing is, is I have I literally have nothing else. Oh, I got I said yes to the dress. Oh my god! Last weekend. (laughs) How did you not tell me this? It was the first dress I put on. I went into the store and I said, "Here are my like five dresses that I want to try on, but let's try this one on first because I'm pretty sure this is going to be the one." And then I tried them all on. I was like, "Yep, that's the one." And I went to another store and tried another like six on just to be certain. And then I called that first store and I was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to get the first one I tried on." And they're like, "Oh my god, okay." I I'm like, (laughs) you gotta admire how like you know what you want and you just research make it happen and i that is very impressive and i yeah it's i think the only yeah well sabrina i feel bad for you because you had so much (laughs) with yours you had to re you had to replan yours three times yep and plan different versions of your wedding three times so like not only did you have to replan the big one but you also did your your legal courthouse marriage to nick you did a family version of it in colorado because you guys didn't want to delay your marriage just because of COVID. And then – so you you did like nine events basically yeah. is what you had to plan for, which yeah. included cancellations, changing vendors. You had a lot I of moving I did have parts. a lot of moving parts. And yours wasn't you make ordinary. wedding planning seem fun and easy. <laughs> it's like ripping <laughs> my hair out. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. I was My, my also, wedding process think- was like being stuck in an elevator. <laughs> 
<laughs> on the 14th, on the 14th floor, floor, just dangling. And everyone's like, just open the doors. It's easy. And you're like, it's not, though. It's not. It's not. <laughs> that is like a metaphor for my life. I think – wait, you know what's funny? I'm pretty sure when we did – the very first episode of this year of 2022, we did our readings where we like found like a website and did like our year ahead, what it looks like. Uh-huh. And mine, I'm pretty sure said like from like things are being, will be fine and then May something will change and like it will be hard. I, and, I, and May has been the month of being grabbed and being stuck in an elevator and who knows what else is happening. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Wait, we should re-listen to that though to prepare ourselves. And to get some warning, at least like because there's certain days, right, where it's like watch out for this one day. Yeah, this is when everything yeah. will turn around and be glorious again. Yeah, so you'll at least have a pocket of time where you can be a little bit more alert. I'm waiting for the turnaround. I've been waiting for the turnaround for a year, to be honest. So, <laughs> oh, I'm it's fine. Okay, actually, we won't do this on the podcast because literally it would take two hours for us to read each one. But after we had our campfire stories the other day and someone was like, are you – or a lot of people guessed that I was a Virgo. And we're like, no, Sabrina's the Virgo. I'm the Leo. I started thinking about, oh, what does my full birth chart look like? And so I looked it up and I'll, I'll send you yours too. Yeah. Well, you'll have to find it. I've But like the location that you were born. The time in. and everything, yeah. That is way better than – I mean, I worked in HR for a long time. I've taken a million personality tests, all the different types. Yeah. This is so much better. It is like – yeah. Exact. And so I told my family that and my mom was reading my dad's and my brother's and hers. And she was like, oh my God, it's so accurate. Yeah. It's so it good. Is. So we'll do that. We'll have to figure it okay. out. I'm excited. Figure out what's truly happening. But until then, we have a wedding season yes. nightmare, <laughs> which Sabrina has uh, survived. Yeah. And hopefully, I don't have to experience. <laughs> Hello, ghostly gals. My best friend Rachel and I love listening to your podcast and find your dedication to learning about the paranormal and all things mysterious to be aspirational. Oh, thank you. We have a standing tradition of staying at the haunted Lemp Mansion in St. Louis every five years since we have graduated from high school. We had to postpone last year due to COVID. I've always believed passively in the paranormal as I knew my parents had had experiences growing up. My dad lived in a haunted house that used to be owned by a doctor that practiced in the home. Paintings and objects would move on their own, and he would hear movement in the attic. Wow. My mom also witnessed a ghost cowboy in a rocking chair when she was about six. Whoa. (laughs) That sounds cool. I, too, have my own ghostly encounters, but those stories are not why I'm reaching out to you, too. I am a wedding gown alterations seamstress and costume designer. I am the head seamstress at an alteration shop in Chicago, and when hearing Sabrina's journey to find her dress and therefore getting a custom dress, I thought you may like to hear a scary story from someone in the wedding industry. Yes. As we all know, COVID has led to a lot of postponements and has caused for couples to change their wedding plans. This abrupt change in the wedding industry has not only had a major impact on couples, but on vendors too. The typical wedding season is insane in and of itself, but this year we have twice as many brides as well as brides that have gotten married and need refreshed alterations for their second celebration. I love working on wedding gowns, and we work really hard to make every bride feel beautiful and happy on their wedding day. This work, in return, sometimes comes at our own mental expense. Within the last few weeks, the workload of dresses has been insurmountable, and it has been affecting my dream state. Ooh. I'm a lucid dreamer, and I can easily remember most of my dreams. 
And this one was one of those stress dreams that I just would not wish upon oh, anyone. Oh, no. I find myself in an old Victorian home. One of those homes with old wooden features with rooms and closets that have the purpose when the home was first built, but now are obsolete. In this house, I was holding a party. Trying to be a good hostess, I was walking around and checking in with guests. <laughs> I love it. I'm like fully picturing yeah. this. Yeah. Wait, I'm also curious if she saw herself as her present day or if it was like a different version of herself. Right. Because I'm kind of picturing like old Victorian yeah. clothing as well. But yeah, is she just like a herself modern day yeah. or a 1990s mom in a Victorian house? Like who is she? Also, is Lucid dreaming like a version of being in an astral plane? Like does she just have a whole other life that she lives when she's sleeping in the astral plane with other astral beings and throwing a party? Oh, or is it just a blip a preview and slipping into another parallel oh that's also interesting i don't know what if every time you go to sleep you are actually awake living life in another i've had that i have a show idea that i want to write about that all right well sabrina tm yes tm TM for you thank you (laughs) can't wait to watch it please cast me in it (laughs) as a dead body would oh my gosh if we ever create a show corinne we have to be the dead bodies do i look dead wow you're a great dead person you're cast you got the job thank you thank (laughs) you i was like trying to go a little bit cross-eyed and then i was like wait a second dead bodies don't go cross-eyed i I don't know actually i've never seen one (sighs) lots coming out of me i'm just excited about the potential to be cast (laughs) in your show (laughs) dead body number one please but we dead body number one i want to play every single dead body you just have to put different clothing and costume and like a whole fx team will yeah. have to work to make yeah, the different people that'll be fun as dead bodies on your i'm gonna show. have a lot of dead bodies then okay 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 perfect great trying to be a good hostess i was walking around checking in with guests one after another would come to me voicing their concerns that haunted events were occurring oh. the objects were moving shadows were being seen around corners and portals were being formed yes random portals Trying to manage all the mayhem I was being presented with, I kept saying, oh, yeah, it's just an old haunted house. These things happen. I'll take care of it. Over and over again, I would reassure my house guests that it would be taken care of, that I would take care of the haunting in some way. The next guest that came to me with a concern informed me that there was a portal underneath the back stairwell. He hesitantly explained that he could see right through my floor into the creepy basement. I followed him to this stairwell and witnessed what my dream guest was telling me about. Behind a stairwell was a pulsating portal into the basement full of cobwebs and old furniture. I looked at the young man and reassured, oh yeah, it's just an old haunted house. These things happen. I'll take care of it. (laughs) I'll take care of it. Yeah, no worries. Then, cut to me being in the basement. I am in a small offset room, and in this room, there are wall-to-wall mirrors. The mirrors looked old and ranged in size and style, and I could feel that this room was bad, and I knew that that is where the portals were being created. I felt relieved that I knew the source of all the hauntings, and I felt confident that I could take care of it. But standing in the room, I felt as if there was a demonic force around me. And so I started to sing Jesus Loves Me as loud as I could and on repeat. I knew that I wouldn't be strong enough to stave off the demons by myself long enough to take care of these portals. So my dream state invited more guests into the small room, and we were all singing in unison. Whoa. I could sense the heaviness push out of the room, so I knew it was my chance to start taking down the mirrors that were across from each other, as I remembered that this could cause portals. 
So with each mirror, I feel more and more confident. I walk over to my friend Rachel and she's singing, trying her best to help as she could. I reached behind her to grab a mirror and that is when I saw it. It was the most unsettling thing I have ever had in my mind and had my mind create. In the bottom left corner of the mirror peered out Rachel's face, but this wasn't possible as she was standing in front of me. In that very moment, her face smiled the most unnatural grin, and I knew instantly that this was a mimic. I slammed down the mirror, and I woke up instantly. I felt so uneasy that I got out of bed and went to go get a hug for my fiancé that was already up drinking coffee. I told him about the dream, and his help was to suggest that I should have burned the mirrors. (laughs) I quickly corrected him, stating, you can't just burn artifacts. You have to properly dispose of them, or else whatever is in the portal could now be stuck here. He looked at me with concern, and he felt bad about me having such a stressful dream. After I felt a little better, I knew I had to go back to sleep to close the mirror portal. Within minutes, oh, I've chilled. Wow. The fact that she had to go back into the dream to do, to finish her business. Right. Yes. In the feeling that this isn't just a dream. Like there's something more and she actually – there's a task at hand. There's yeah. a mission she must complete. Within minutes, I was back asleep and back in the house. In front of me laid a pile of broken mirrors, and I enlisted an old childhood classmate that I literally have not ever thought about in more than a decade. And he reassured me that he would burn the mirrors properly and send off the ashes to a guy that he knows to take care of this sort of thing. I woke up feeling confident that the mirrors were indeed taken care of and that it was finally safe. Thank you for many hours and years of paranormal and spooky entertainment. I'm honored to be a fly on the wall of your friendship and cannot wait to see where the podcast and your future endeavors take you in the coming years. And the utmost congratulations to Sabrina and Nick. Oh, If you guys choose to share your future wedding photos, I cannot wait to see your dress. <laughs> see you on the other side, Mariah. Wow, Mariah. And then she said, P.S. I'm ashamed to say that although I make costumes and wedding gowns for a living, including my own wedding gown next year, I purposefully don't make my Halloween costumes. It's the one day a year I intentionally take off. Woo! (laughs) As you should. Let loose. Yeah. Um, Mariah. Enjoy it more. You're a witch. You're a powerful being. I'm – I – I just have so many questions. I feel like this seems like something that Mariah deals with a lot, having to deal with paranormal issues within her dreams. Right. I know. The fact that she's like, oh, this is just a stress dream. But then you had to go back and close the portal. And you're lucid. You had to close the portal. And it was also in chronological order. Like, I think my dreams can be very realistic, but like in short spurts. There's not just this whole entire party where you're being brought around and finding things and you're actually piecing things together and solving the mystery. Normally, dreams just kind of like morph into something else weird, right? Right. But And oftentimes when you try to go back to something, you can't. Like it's it's gone. Yes. To your point, Sabrina, though, saying that she's a witch, it makes me wonder if, if there really was something happening either in another life or in the astral plane and she needed to help and she had yeah. some sort of like powers or maybe this was a test done by spirit guides or, or people that were hoping to enlist her power enlist in the her. future. And maybe they just all took on her own – like people in her life like took on their their yeah. appearances – but what was actually happening around her was real. I believe it was all real. I also so the people were not. I also could see a version where those people are real. And but like you said, they're from another like a parallel universe or there's just like a different timeline that she's entering and it's this like really paranormally active 
space. Mm -hmm. I also, the house is so interesting because I feel like we've had, or we've read stories before people have like dreams, like very vivid dreams about specific houses and they often feel like they're in the astral plane. And so I'm curious Mm -hmm. if there's like a specific house in the astral plane that you want to reach. Like, is it like a video game and you all like, you all convene at this one house? Like they, they truly exist always. You just have to find them. them. Wait, this is reminding me of I'm going to butcher the story because I don't really remember it at this point because it was a few years ago. Uh-huh. But there was something where someone had taken a video of a house and I believe it was on TikTok or, or one of the video platforms and a bunch of people kept freaking out because it was a house that they'd seen in their dreams. <gasps> but someone was like urban – what are they called? Like the – where people – urban explorer yeah. or something. And they were they were in this like abandoned pool area or whatever taking video and everyone – not everyone, but like a ton of people were like, oh my God, I have the creeps. Like I, I've been here oh. in my sleep. And it was just that. I mean, there's so many videos of wow. abandoned places and random places, but this one provoked a lot of people's That's memories of their dreams. So strange. Yeah. Oh God, it makes me have so many questions. It's probably a portal. Probably. Yeah. And now- Now I'm thinking about that. Now we have to- what do we have to do now? Mm-hmm. What do we have to do now? I was going to say now we have to send Mariah to close, <laughs> close that Mariah, portal. Mariah, close the portal. <laughs> In her sleep. Go back to sleep, Mariah. We have more portals for you to close. Mariah, stay asleep. I love that her fiance, too, offered up actual advice. Wasn't just like, oh, I'm sorry, you had a bad dream. He was just like, what if you burned them? Yeah, like, you need to burn them. He was totally yeah. in it, too. Like, this is this is real. Which makes this me could be think real. that this happens a lot for Mariah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, well, the wedding season nightmare was uh, due to a season and not hopefully due to a bad wedding. Yes, yes, yes. Especially because Mariah, I think, is getting married, if not has already gotten married. Yeah. She said next year, and it is next year compared I see to when this email Mariah's dress. was sent. Yes. Okay. Mariah, please share your address. So speaking of haunted houses and combining maybe your favorite thing ever and your dream of doing real estate for haunted houses, I... Have a story from our listener Cassie, and it is called Haunted Real Estate. And she lists four different houses with their Zillow links with the hauntings associated with them. Oh my God. I know. This is giving me more inspiration because remember a few months ago, I made like an account to do haunted real estate listings to recap them. And now I feel motivated that I'm actually going to start posting. Well, now you can use some of these to do that. Yes. Okay. Hello, my fellow spooky ladies. I am so excited to write you this email. As a real estate agent and someone who walks through a lot of houses, I have had some very creepy experiences. It's so funny because the scariest houses I've been in are usually the least scary looking ones. And the ones that look like they've been super spooky usually aren't at all. I see a lot of people posting on the page asking what vibe people get from Zillow listings of homes. So I wanted to share some of my experiences as a realtor. So here goes. I'll try not to drag on too long on any of them. I attached the links for the listings for you girls to look at if you want, but for the sake of anonymity for my clients, if you could not share the addresses aloud, that would be great. Just thought it would be fun for you two ladies to check them out and give you some context. Okay. So we won't, we won't share the addresses. No, they're, they're clearly not known haunted places. So we will skip those. Okay. So the first one. This is a pretty mild one, but is also one of my favorite houses I've sold. It had a busy vibe, very positive, but you never felt alone. 
This home was built in the late 1800s and was a longtime doctor's office when the town was established. And the basement had this awesome wine cellar hidden behind a bookshelf. So cool. Oh, that's dream. Yeah. This one I spent quite a bit of time in on my own as my clients moved across the country before it sold. When I was in there, I would hear footsteps, tapping, and once I swear I heard a voice from the basement. Such a gorgeous, spooky, fun house and is a block away from the coolest haunted hospital where I did a tour once and had so many spooky experiences. Caught some EVPs and everything, which I will send another time. It's a spooky town with a lot of history. I just want to like look at them real quick. I know. I, I'm going to follow along. <gasps> oh my gosh, it's click beautiful. On this one actually looks haunted. Like it has the, the Victorian. Even though she said it's a, a like busy, positive oh gosh, vibe. This is beautiful. Ooh. Oh, yes. And affordable. Gosh. Love those windows. Okay. Oh, the detailing on the wood. <laughs> I know. The so wood. pretty. Okay. The railing. Oh, my God. Are you ready for number two? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. This one. My clients were buying from out of state, and so I did a virtual showing for them. I showed up to the house, and as soon as I walked in, I felt a heavy presence. I did not feel welcome, comfortable, or safe. I didn't have cell service in the house, so I couldn't do FaceTime and just chatted with my clients on the phone briefly outside and told them I would make videos of the space. Mind you, I have done a ton of virtual showings and have never felt like this. I hung in there pretty well until I got upstairs. Upstairs, I felt the heaviest presence and was sure I was going to get pushed down the stairs or something. It was not happy that I was there. There was a corner with a desk in it that was just dark. It was light outside and the home was bright, but this corner was just super dark and it should not have been. I could not walk into it and felt something watching me from the darkness. I made my videos as quickly as I could and they got my ass out of there. My clients ended up putting an offer on the house and getting it. So I had my bestie Uh come sage the house with me before they moved in. She felt the heaviness too, and we both felt so much better after it was cleansed. We did some research on the house, and it was only owned by one family. And the patriarch of the family had recently passed away in the house, and it was his adult children who were selling it. So we think maybe he was hanging around and was very unhappy that it was being sold, but... We really hope he found peace. When we closed and I finally got to show it to my clients in person, it felt light and they loved it. So, phew. Oh, good. When did she, when was this email sent? This was sent, let's see, November of 2021. Okay. Because I was just saying, I just wanted to know if if those people had any issues and maybe tried to resell it. And that is not what happened. I. It looks like it was sold to only them. Oh, and good. They still, still live there. there, and it's not listed again. Good. I'm glad that it feels light now yeah. because picture wise, it feels a little like if Norman Bates <laughs> got a place on his own. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just a little. It's like that yeah, era yeah, yeah. of like kitchen and yep. and carpet and furniture. Like that's the decor style. Yeah. Okay. Number three. This was another one that I showed my clients virtually, though this one the FaceTime worked which made me feel less alone and freaked out than the above experience. This home was adorable, beautifully updated and bright. But as soon as I walked in, I did not feel alone. It didn't feel negative at all, but was a very positive energy. The main floor went fine, nothing happened, and it was a cool house to look at. And then I was showing them the basement. The first room I showed them had a sliding barn door and had a hot water heater and a furnace in it. I was crouched down looking at the service record on the furnace, 
and suddenly heard shuffling sound behind me and felt someone standing right behind me. I froze and all of the hair on my back of my neck stood up. My clients asked if my screen froze because I just stopped talking and moving. So I said, oh yeah, it must have and slowly stood up, turned around and no one was there. (laughs) (laughs) I quickly walked out of the room, turned off the light and closed the sliding barn door. And as soon as it closed, I heard knock, knock, knock on the same door that I had just closed from the inside. And then another knock, 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 knock. I could see the barn door moving slightly with the knocks and they weren't rhythmic. It was a burst, a pause, and another burst of knocks. I quickly moved on and showed them another room in the basement. And when I came out, the knocking was still happening. I then went and showed them another room, came back out. And again, the knocking was still happening. Trying to keep my chill and not clue my clients into what was going on, I shut off all the lights and quickly made my way upstairs, continuing to hear the knocking as I did. I got myself outside, locked the door as fast as I could, and told my clients, I'm so sorry. Were there any other rooms you wanted to see? I forgot to ask before locking up. Luckily, they were all good, and whoever it was didn't feel negative, but oh my goodness, it did freak me out. I could see myself doing this as a ghost to prank some unsuspecting realtor, though. And this fun. Ooh, it is pretty. Renovated. Nice. And it was sold. I need to look. November of 21. Ooh, this is nice. See, that's this is one of those ones where, like, with how competitive the real estate market is, you might just see these photos and say, yeah, sight unseen. Yeah, it's mine. Putting in my offer. And you would never know that it's haunted. I do like the responsibility that she has taken on as a realtor, a real estate salesperson, where she is like, you know what? If if the space is really bad and heavy and dark, we're going to cleanse, gonna cleanse it, it before any clients mm-hmm. of mine are in here. I do appreciate that. Okay. Yes. Evaluates the damage in terms of the paranormal. <laughs> the ghostly damage. Okay, the last one. Yes. Last one, and I'll make it quick. But this is proof that even really nice newer houses can be creepy and looks can be deceiving. This was before I was a realtor, but my friend had listed this house and it just wouldn't sell. She said it had bad energy and she thought that was the issue. She asked if I would come sage it with her and I was all in. We started upstairs, saged all of the rooms, then moved onto the main floor and then in the basement. It felt heavy in there and it didn't feel settled after we had finished. So we decided to sage it all once more. When we got upstairs, one of the bedroom doors was closed It was a brightly colored kids room and we hadn't closed any of the doors and thought it was weird. So we headed in there first. But when we went to go in, something was blocking the door from the inside. At this point, the house was vacant and there was nothing we could think of that could be blocking the door. Plus, we had just been in there and it was empty and open. We pushed it open and a stool had been wedged in front of the door from the inside. We hadn't even remembered seeing a stool. And even if it had been in there, someone would have had to close the door, move it from the inside to block it off. We saged that room extra and redid the whole house and finally it felt lighter. It got an offer within the week and ended up selling just fine. I have had a handful of experiences a home with the door to a room in the attic that was nailed shut, like hundreds of nails, and a home with a tiny room that had a light that would be off one minute, and then you'd look over and the door would be cracked open, light on. But these ones were the ones that stood out the most. I love what I do, creepy homes and all. I am sure I will have more stories to share in the future. Your podcast is my fave, though I've had to learn not to listen before giving a virtual tour because it makes me very jumpy. (laughs) But thank you for being you and bringing some light, laughter, and spooky to my daily grind. See you ladies on the other side, Cassie. 
I mean, here's the here's my takeaway from this. Yes. After seeing all of these listings, they look like every other yes. house. There's no way to know. Mm-hmm. They're just normal homes yep. that are for sale. Yeah. And anywhere can be haunted. And you just have to hope that you have someone like Cassie <laughs> who is just like, you know what? Let's I got clear you. the space. Yeah. Yeah. My God. That last one is so creepy. The fact that something was so dark and disliked the fact that they were cleansing and tried to block them from coming into that room. Right. Oh, I don't like thinking and about it. And it was a kid's – it used to be a it makes kid's me wonder room, too. Which makes me wonder the people who lived there before, like what happened, who lived in that room and yeah. did those kids have terrible experiences. Right. It's definitely quite disconcerting. Yeah. I do I am curious though if if the families have ever said anything to Cassie. Like if, if she's ever experienced it where she she's talked to someone about their home and then that person says, like if she's the oh. if she's the seller's agent, if she basically ever hears like, yeah, there's, you know, some weird energy I know. sometimes, weird vibes. I wonder if the seller would want to tell that though, you know. Right, right. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's so. It's also like one of those things where it depends on your house. Yeah. Like everywhere my parents live is haunted, and I think it's my oh, parents. Oh, for sure. But if you remove them from the situation, the house itself isn't. Right. <laughs> it's them. Right, it's them. It's the energy they bring mm-hmm. or create around them. Yeah. That opens opens up the space. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the hmm. one thing we – I mean, there's just so many different things that bring spirits. It could be like your parents, people, or uh, like the land, or an artifact, or – yeah, there's just – they could be anywhere and everywhere, and that's what we've learned. Right. They, there's no real answer or reason. They could – there's plenty of them. Yeah. I wonder too – so you know in certain states how you have to disclose certain things that have yeah. happened on the property, like murder. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. I wonder if there would ever be – if it will ever come to a time or if there's any place where you have to disclose if there was ever a exorcism. <gasps> oh. Wouldn't that be interesting? It would. I mean, these I feel like I questions. would almost seek – I'm going to ask when buying a home. Right. Was there ever an exorcism on this property? Yes. But maybe that would entice you more to move in because it's like the cleanest of the clean, right? That like – It is. Yeah. Yeah. But not all exorcisms work, so – Right. True. All right. It, yeah. Creepy. Hey, did you know we're on YouTube? You can look at our faces right now. You can see yeah. us. You can see what we look like. You. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excitement. We're on YouTube. So you get to see us. If anyone still confuses our voices, maybe this will help because you'll you'll get to put a, a face to the voice. Yes. And see us stare at each other and stare at ourselves yeah. in the video. And it's awesome. And every episode kind of from like what? Encounters 168 or something like that. That might be too many. 172. We don't know. But we're up there. Somewhere in May and on, we started recording this baby. And here it is. It's on YouTube. So subscribe because we will be – there's a back catalog for you to watch now. But every Sunday when we post our regular Audible episodes, you will also get a video version of the same thing on YouTube. Join us over there. Like, comment, review, all those things down in the comments will uh, respond. <laughs> We're professional YouTubers, of course. Can't you tell? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Okay, bye. See you there. <laughs> bye. See you in a second. What do you have? Okay, this is from Morgan from Texas. First, I want to say I love y'all and y'all's podcast. Thank well, you. We didn't know Morgan was from the South. Now we do. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with true crime and ghost stories, so thank you for creating a perfect podcast for me and my weird obsession. LOL. 
Anyways, I have a personal ghost story about my great-grandmother. So unfortunately, my great-grandmother passed away in 2012. She lived with my grandparents at the time, and she was found face first on her bedroom floor. (gasps) Oh. It also appeared that she had vomited before she died. After this incident, my grandma told me that she would hear doors opening and closing during the day when she was the only one home. My deceased great-grandmother's toothbrush would turn (laughs) on by itself during the day, too. But it gets even weirder. My great-grandmother apparently hated her sister-in-law. Oh. (laughs) After the funeral, her sister-in-law came over to the house and sat in a chair that had a sconce, the candle decoration of some sort, on the wall behind her. And while she was sitting, the wall sconce fell off of the wall. This has never happened before. And there were no issues with the sconces until my great-grandmother's sister-in-law came over again a few weeks oh later, and it fell off the wall again. What did she have against my her sister-in-law? Con- <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, like, she's taking the heavy metal, yeah. like, the sharp object off the wall. Like, she's trying. She's really making a statement. She's Wow. Yeah, I think this is a, a, attempted murder. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma was convinced by this point that her mom's ghost, my great-grandmother, was in the house again. There is one more incident that creeps me out and makes me happy at the same time. <laughs> After she died, I was going through a hard time and almost ended up marrying a compulsive cheater. So thank God I found out beforehand. And my mom and my grandma were at the house talking about me and all of the drama going on. During the conversation, my picture that was on the shelf slammed down really hard. I just love this because my great-grandmother was just such a feisty woman. Clearly. And I know that this was her way of letting everyone know that she was just as mad and invested <laughs> in what was going on. I hope you enjoyed my story. Have a great day and keep spoken. Morgan from Texas. Okay, Morgan, your great-grandmother. I'm First of all, I'm so sorry for your loss, but wow, she is a force to be reckoned with. And clearly, she, is, she has strong opinions about people and will let them know if she does not like them. Right. And we always say, like, how do you know what level of power you're going to have on the other side? How do, you, how do some people, like, leave pennies and push things and other people can, like, Open all of the cabinets. Yeah. And Morgan's great-grandmother is powerful. She's ripping sconces off of the wall. She is slamming pictures down. She's letting her opinion be known. Just because she's gone does not mean that you can't consider her in the family drama, the gossip. Yeah. Who comes over to the home, who you spend time with. She has a lot. She's still part of the family. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. She's going to let you know what she approves of. It's funny because I feel like when we spoke to – why am I blanking on her name? Conchetta. Yeah, when we spoke to Conchetta, she was talking about how like when you pass on, like every, like there's this like beautiful forgiveness and you move on and you forgive people of things that they've done. But I just love that Morgan's great-grandmother was just like, no, 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 no. I still, I still, I'm holding on. Sometimes things run deep. Yeah. I, I'm sure you get the opportunity maybe when you cross over, you feel that like pull, that that goodness and warmth. Yeah. But I'm sure you can actively choose to reject yeah. it too. Right. I mean, there's also the spirits who are like holding on to things and clearly have grudges or can't move on. So I imagine that if you move on, you're accepting the peace and forgiveness and whatever, but you yeah. don't have to. It's reminding me of my my grandmother. I've told you before, and I think I've said it on the podcast, but one of my grandmothers has dementia. And she's at the point where, like, she doesn't really know who anyone is. Yeah. She doesn't know who I am. She doesn't know who my dad is or or her son who lives with her So sad as a full-time caretaker. But the memories that she does have are basically, like, 
who has wronged her. Like, she remembers who she doesn't like. Oh, <laughs> that like I and I think it's hilarious. It's hilarious, but it also makes me she's sad. Like, oh, not that person. It does make me sad because it's like those are so powerful that that's what she's holding on to. You know, it's it's yeah, hilarious, but it is also not not a fan of those people. Okay, no matter what, her brain will not let her forget them. Can't forget. Grudges run deep. <laughs> okay. So I should have done the mac and cheese story last, but uh, I saved my scariest for the last, I guess. This is from our listener, Aubrey, and it's called Don't Date Ghosts. Hello, friends. Oh. In honor of spooky season, I wanted to share when the ghost in my house tried to make a move on me. In 2018, I moved into a converted garage studio near Ladera Heights. This was my first time ever living alone, and I was so excited to have a space that was all mine. After a couple of weeks, I told my mom I had a weird feeling that someone was watching me, especially when I was in the shower. I don't give much attention to supernatural things, so I figured I was getting comfortable to my new space. But as time went on, this feeling grew stronger. I had saged the crap out of that 250-square-foot portal to hell, and I guess it wasn't strong enough because... A few months into living there, I began having night terrors. At first, they were mild, but I knew something was really wrong when I started dreaming about being in my bed where I couldn't tell if I was awake or asleep. The first time I was woken up, there was an iPhone flashing in my face and a large shadow figure was watching me sleep. It took me a moment to realize that I couldn't move. Sleep paralysis is the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced. I pretended to be asleep while the figure moved the light over my hair and face as if it were memorizing me. After what felt like forever, I was able to move and sat straight up to confront the creep, but there was no one in my room. I justified the dream by assuming the large dark shape was just my bathroom door, which was darker in color than the rest of the studio and that that flashlight thing was the light switch that doubled as a nightlight. Side note, this was before I began my true crime interest and had never heard of the Golden State Killer. My friend Brooke, who introduced me to my favorite murder, shout out, told me to listen to the Golden State Killer episode after hearing about my dream, and honestly, I'm grateful I had no idea that the flashlight was his MO or I might have had a heart attack. I grew up in the church, and I pray on occasion. If I'm being honest... It's usually when I'm scared or before a big holiday dinner. When the night terrors started happening, I would pray before bed asking for protection over my little studio and that I'd sleep through the night without dreaming or needing to go to the bathroom because that's just annoying. I re-saged feng shui'd and prayed all over that space, determined to make it mine, but it came to a head when I had the worst sleep paralysis I've ever experienced in my 33 years of life. I was awoken to someone opening my front door and getting into bed with me. I was sleeping on my side, facing away from the door, and felt someone lift the covers, slip in, and begin to spoon me from behind. I assumed it was my boyfriend who would stay with me when I was scared sometimes and thought it was really sweet, until I realized I had never given him a key. When I tried to move away, I was frozen, paralyzed again. I tried with all my might, but could only move my lips slightly. So I started mumbling, who are you? My lips felt numb at first, but got stronger. Who are you? Then louder, who are you? I heard a man giggle mockingly behind my neck before I could finally turn around to see an empty bed. No one was there. It felt Mm -hmm. so real. 
I covered my already hot, sweaty body with the bed sheets and distracted myself on Instagram until I eventually went back to sleep. A few other terrible things happened in that studio, and ultimately, I broke my lease after just six months. I tried researching the area to see if there were any articles on previous occurrences or burial grounds, but came up empty. I've always wondered if the next tenant experienced any unwanted advances from the afterlife. Anyway, see you on the other side, Aubrey. (laughs) It's horrible. Oh. I know. I mean, sleep paralysis is very scary, and we believe that it's not just something in the chemicals of your brain making stuff up. It's a paranormal encounter. But what's so interesting in this is that there was the moment between her hearing the whispers of the guy behind her and being awake and turning around is is very – Like almost instant. Short. Right. Exactly. So it was like she finally came out of the trance and looked over. It's not like she just groggily woke up and was like, oh, that was so weird. What a strange like dream paralysis state. Like she fought her way out. Yeah. Who are you? Who are you? And looked. Ugh. Also, just like – because we've heard of incubi, succubi, all of those types of spirits. But like this is so – it's like the buildup. It does feel stalkery. Mm -hmm. It does feel like Golden State Killer, but it's a spirit because – like the waking up to a like a flashlight in your face is unlike anything know, we've ever. Joseph weren't still alive, I yeah, would have thought it's that his spirit. It was truly, the yeah. ghost of the Golden State Killer. But I mean, hey, there's probably other stalkers or disturbing, horrible men, people who are now dead who did things like that. So maybe it's not a demonic sex demon, but is truly just like a horrible spirit. I wonder where she lives because now I'm wondering like, what if this is just like a stain of energy in the space and that this did happen to someone and now it's just like the energy itself is just repeating and she's experiencing it. The only thing- Or if that happened to someone in that apartment and they're trying to tell her what happened to them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only thing is that the only thing that makes me not think it was it's a residual energy is that the spirit like laughed at her when she was asking, who are you? Mm. Like that is very True. active to me and like getting into the bed. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's awful. I'm glad that right. she moved. It's not. Yeah. It's less of a memory and more of just yeah. trying to disturb her and torment her. Aubrey, I'm going to ask you for the address and I'm going to look it up because I'm curious. Because yeah. it's in LA. I just want to know, right, which area it's in. Well, I didn't want to say the specifics. It's in the Golden State. There is There are some more specifics of where it is, but. Okay, I'll look it I up. I want the address. Faster. So I can I can <laughs> so go drive go by. investigate on her own. Yeah. With your little ghost busting machine. <laughs> Suck it into the contraption. Done. Uh, Saving everybody from that demon. Maybe this is the third thing that's going to happen to me in my chain of events. Oh, God. The demon follows you. Yeah, so I'm not going to go. An attempt at just finding somewhere. (laughs) Hide here forever. I think for the next few months, you just need to be like really careful. Just don't tempt tempt demons. How do I – how do I – how do I not? I don't think I'd do that. (laughs) How do I live – I just want to live my life. I don't know. I know. Yeah, it's not like you can't ever step on an elevator again. I you don't have to worry about elevators. The chances of you getting <laughs> stuck in an elevator twice, like that's true. You, that's already done. happened. You can, yeah, you can cruise through all of your. Future so I just have to be afraid of everything else. <laughs> great, 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 great. Uh, well, we'll find out tonight with your tarot reading. Pray for me, everyone. What will happen? Pray for my soul. Pray for Sabrina. Universe be and kind. email us your <laughs> encounters yes. at two girls Happiness. one ghost podcast yeah. at gmail.com. And um 
join our pyramid scheme, join the triangle, get lost in the TGOG triangle, join us on Patreon, and also check us out on YouTube because these episodes are going to be on YouTube YouTube now. And um, we have – we're doing a game night on Patreon in June. I don't think we have a date fully decided or maybe we do. Sometime in June. It's on Patreon. We we do. Everybody, yeah. The yeah. The Patreon people in that tier voted for it. So now we just need to schedule. Yes. But it will be. We'll be doing. Sunday, June 18th or whatever that date is. Okay. Wonderful. We're going to play games. We're going to do like MASH and Mad Libs and. It's going to be great. great. It's going to be hilarious. It's, it's going to be, be so fun. fun. Last time flew by our uh, hour. So quickly. Of May yeah. live. Yeah. Yeah. It was so fun. It'll be great. So join us for that. And what else do we have? Oh, we have social media. We have iTunes, rate and review us. We have merch. We have all those things. Yep, that's it. And thank you to Aiden Manning and the entire team at Upfire Digital for editing just everything, doing all of it, all of the world, all of the work. <laughs> thank you. We appreciate you. All the work. Even even having us two years ago buy these stands because we were holding our microphones and it sounded like shit. Yeah, we truly so. were like this and shaking and banging <laughs> on our faces. I still bang on I it. I was like laying mine on my chest, <laughs> like laying back. They were like, no more of that. Yeah. They're like, send us a video of what you look like when you recorded. And, like, and I sent it. And they were like, absolutely It's no. like we're holding Shoot, an ice cream Shooting cone. that down. Yeah. It's not happening. Yeah. No. We, so we're thank you. evolving. Thank you for helping us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will see, see you on the other side. Very spooky. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 